Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 55 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions! Opinions, ladies and gentlemen! Hello. How are you today? Let's take it down a little bit, you know? Uh, I'm Adam, with you again here today, and across from me is Matthew. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. So good to have you all here today. So good. All right. So, uh, to get started here, we just want to make mention that... Currently, as we are talking, Matthew's first episode of his vlog oh is boy. uploading to YouTube as we speak, guys. Um, okay, let's talk about it for a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, not even advertising it. We all know it's there. Mm-hmm. We all know we can watch it. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's talk about the actual video for a second here. Okay. Because maybe some people have watched it at this point and want to know a little bit about it. Okay. Right? Fair enough. So, um... These videos that I'm making, guys, they are not just on a whim. So there is a lot of uh, planning and thought and research that goes into these videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to say that I'm like a Vsauce or anything, okay? I'm, right. not, I'm not breaking the spectrum with knowledge here. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> but I do spend multiple hours trying to pick the right plant at the right moment when it's doing something cool, like flowering, mm-hmm. doing something like that. I try to really research and find some facts that aren't your typical, you know, plant facts. More right. like some history about it. And um, shooting shooting is a process. Let me yes, tell you it what. Is. <laughs> so it looks so simple. I've watched a lot of gardening videos um, on YouTube. And, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan, but I do enjoy watching other people garden. You get right. some cool tips and stuff. And they make it look like they just drop a camera on a tripod down, mm-hmm. and then they just stand there, and in the first take, they get it right. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> so I am definitely an amateur with the cameraman. Um, I watch Adam do it, and he, he can frame a shot in like five minutes, <laughs> and like it's no problem at all. He knows just what to do. And I figured I could do that too. And man, it takes me like 40 minutes it takes to frame second, these man. shots. Yeah. And they're still have a lot of issues it's still not anything amazing you know what i mean hey practice makes perfect man and just and just not to cut you off it's like, tough dude to go what you were saying in regards to like shooting and you know it's a process to shoot and yeah, you watch man. but the cool thing about us especially somebody like you who's is an amateur is mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there who do these videos where they do exactly that they literally just drop a tripod and they'll shoot and they'll have no regard for sound oh, yeah for this and yeah they're maybe they're able to pump out content better for that but what we're learning is production value yes you know and you can't get better just with anything you can't get better at production value unless you're constantly practicing at getting better and in my opinion i mean what what does it matter how great the facts are or Mm -hmm. how funny the joke is if the wind is blowing so hard you can't hear it yeah you know what i mean exactly so there's a lot of these moments where I can't just shoot anytime I want because my vlog, a heavy part of it is shot outside. Right. So I have to literally wait and check throughout the day until the weather is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if the clouds come out, there goes your lighting. Right. If 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 the rain starts, forget about it. You're mm-hmm. not shooting on a rainy day. <laughs> like, it's um, it's an adventure. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you what, it would be really really difficult to do what we do. Um, to to get into media like this and not have some kind of passion for it. Yes. Because if you don't 
get joy, if you don't actually enjoy going out and saying the same thing over and over in different ways, mm-hmm. and then if, if you don't actually get some pleasure out of that, you're going to have a really rough time on any set. Yeah, well, and I think the big <laughs> I think the big appeal to media, and this includes what we do, this includes Hollywood as stuff or just people yeah, who make yeah, short films, it. whatever it is. Yeah, whatever level of it. Um a thing with this kind of um this kind of career path that I feel it takes a certain kind of person to get into is as somebody who worked in LA and did a lot of film work even now here in Arizona yeah. back in the days when I was doing it consistently and constantly mm-hmm. there's you really do not have a life period you just don't no when, it becomes your life yes. any any kind of life you would have you dedicate that time to Exactly. And people don't understand that when you're on even just something, I'm not even talking about a movie set. I'm talking about a commercial that ends up being 30 seconds to a minute long. I've been on sets like that that have lasted four days. Every day was 14 (laughs) hours. And you go home and you, and that's not including going home, you know, unwinding, do whatever you need to do, go to sleep. And then you have to wake up early the next morning and do it all over again. And it is, it's a grind, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we first started all this, you told me, there's a saying in the mm-hmm. editing world where one minute is really an hour. Every, yeah. every minute is really an hour is two hours or something right, like that. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, haha, funny joke. You uh-huh. know, that's great. You weren't joking. No. That's not actually humor. Mm-hmm. That is literal. Yeah. Every minute that you watch of a video with the production value, yeah. anything you know above average right there's literally one to two or more hours mm-hmm. of work that go into every minute yes it it, it opened my eyes a lot dude i had no idea <laughs> yeah it's, i had no idea it's it's really crazy but it, but what's so rewarding about it too and why people get into this business and going back to what i was saying in regards to just spending a lot of time on sets and yeah, things yeah. is it, that's why it takes a certain kind of personality because you have to be willing to put every second of your free time into it. Yeah. And sometimes during that free time, you might be sitting on the couch watching TV or something. But what happens when we're watching TV? We'll watch like 15 minutes. Then all of a sudden we get into a conversation. We're talking about Hardly Millennial for an hour. Right. And then we'll go back and watch the show for another 15 always. minutes. Or yeah, it's always Do something that's happening. Since I was telling you this morning, actually, that I noticed today mm-hmm. that since I started shooting footage for the vlogs, which mm-hmm. was about three or four days ago, this mm-hmm. is the fourth day now. Yeah. Um, I have not actually watched a YouTube video for entertainment right. myself at all in the past four days mm-hmm. because I'm constantly – I wouldn't call it that I'm constantly working, right. but I'm constantly um, practicing and yeah. doing things to achieve my I'd, goal. I, I mean, I'd call that work. Um, if anything, my entertainment anymore mm-hmm. is music. Is I have music on while I'm doing other right other tasks. I really hesitate calling it work at this point because we're not getting paid for yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It's a hobby that we're very very into right now. It's a hobby that we put a lot of work into. Is what it we, is. We're trying you know? to turn our passion into into our a career. career. Yes, and um, there's a lot of volunteer work that goes into that for the first few years. Yes, we're essentially exactly. volunteering. Yeah, for I mean, Hartley and I see. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. It's like because when I say work, I I don't mean like I'm. Ugh, have to do this today because there's no. there's never that long. Well, we wouldn't like, be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, even just the past couple days, uh, my vlog video, I'm editing my vlog video tonight, but like just through the couple days of like constantly trying to find moments in my day to vlog about, or I find myself like, Oh, it's been a couple hours. I should, you know, do something yeah. and vlog yeah. about it. It's always it. in the back and, of your mind. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's so interesting. I have a, I have a quick question here that mm -hmm. I don't know. It might not be quick. But you were talking about that you spent a lot of time on sets mm -hmm. um, in like L.A. and even in Arizona. Yeah. And how, how many hours go into something like that mm -hmm. and how much of a grind it can be. Right. You know. Um, so is there in your experience like a um, since everyone who's on stage is kind of suffering together, mm -hmm. it kind of sucks for everyone. You know, is there like a brotherhood mentality that comes around, kind of like oh. in the military? Oh yeah, there, there's definitely a camaraderie that's we're like this involved. kind of blows. We don't want to do it again, but we we all have to. We're gonna oh work together absolutely. I you mean, do get that. every everybody is. What's cool about film sets, a, a good film set, is everybody goes there with the mindset of we could be here for 16 hours. Right. So what and be so and because that happens so often that and because you do it every day that all of a sudden, let's say you have, you know, four days in a row where you're working 12 hours and then all of a sudden that fifth day, you it's a 10 hour day. Everybody goes home like, ooh, 10 hour day. Fuck yeah. yeah. You know? so I have two extra hours to do whatever it is I want to do. So anything so, less is a bonus. Yeah. So when you're on set that, you know, and people do get on each other's nerves. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's a big community, but it's also a small community where you might work with different people on each set you're on, but you'll always see bleed over of other yeah. people that you've worked with and things like that and you start to know people and that's how you get more jobs right so and the reason why nobody i think minds or openly maybe complains about being on set that long is because when you're in the film industry and you get an opportunity where you can be on a big hollywood set and you're working there was a saying that they told us about when I was in film school that said, every job that you have in this industry is your interview for the next job. Because oh, you I might, see. because the, this job, this industry is fickle. You could go four months working consistently, six days a week, making up to three figures with your paychecks, um, or by the end of that four months. And then all of a sudden, you might not get another job for a year and a half simply because somebody who was important on that set did not like you. Wow. So you treat. So you're literally, everyone is their own agent. Everybody there is, is their, no in the like, beginning at least, yeah. There's not like a lighting company that does all of the lighting for all of Hollywood and they have lighting experts that they contract out to people. No, it's There's humans. literally, there's human beings and they yes. have a, they have specialities uh -huh. in sound or lighting or acting or and right. they they just constantly try to use their personality mm -hmm. as their interview. Well, and they're all part of unions is what it is. Oh, So like oh, cool. the grip and electric is part of a union called IATSE and IATSE stands for something, but right, right. Um, you know, the actors are part of SAG-AFTRA. Uh, the directors and producers and stuff like that are part of the DGA, which is the Directors Guild Association. And then writers the union have their isn't own who guild. they work for. The union just like helps them to have rights and be treated well on stage and... yeah i mean kind of sort of it bleeds into each other definitely oh, okay. because it's like you don't 
you don't hire somebody who's not with IATSE on a big name set. Oh, you know, I you see. don't, you don't, ha- there's no act a list actor out there that's not with SAG AFTRA, you know? Okay. So, and so like, it's, it's literally a guild. It, yeah, it, literally. Okay. Exactly. I got you. So I it, got you. it's, yeah, it's a union and it does protect those rights of the workers, but it's kind of what bled into really this kind of company selection. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, nothing, what I'm learning is when you watch something on a screen, man, nothing is on accident. No. Every single thing that you see in any kind of media or entertainment, it was there for a reason. Yes. It's on purpose. Well, and there's actually been videos I've watched on YouTube that have made mention to that too. You know, and it was stuff, videos that I watched at a younger age that kind of put that in perspective for me. Uh, when I was younger, I was really into the Illuminati conspiracy theory amongst yeah. the media. And there was this 11 part documentary that I watched back in like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, that was basically just about, you know, this uh, Illuminati conspiracy. Uh-huh. And one of the videos was analyzing Rihanna's music video Umbrella. And there was a particular scene in there that just flashes on the screen really quick, right? Yeah. Um, and just for some context, the Illuminati is supposed to be like the devil basically runs the media industry, right? That's the oh, whole idea of the Illuminati. Okay. Um. So there was a there was a clip that popped up really quick of Rihanna in this like weird pose where like her head was down, but her arms were up like in the air in an awkward way. Uh-huh. But if you paused it, it looked like a devil with a snout and horns. Oh my god! Coming goodness. up, right? Someone did but, a lot of fucking research to find that. Right. Well, but the, but the thing is, they had uh, the person that was going in there, uh, the person who originally made the documentary said, I'm going to have this person explain this part. And they had somebody go in there and he was explaining just that. He goes, nothing in videos happens on accident. Everything is there on purpose. And then he was going through saying, <laughs> it's impossible for you to turn your arm like this. You can, and he's like drawing little pictures. You can see right here, her shoulders are misshapen. That's because somebody went there and Photoshopped it and did the, and blah, blah. But like, those were like some of the early videos I saw that was oh, like, wow. cause I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they were using the video to promote the devil by any Right. Means. No, but, no, I get it. But yeah. the point is, is somebody did edit this and somebody meant for this picture to be in here and for it to look a certain way. You know, it's interesting. It's very weird things like that. Anything, of course. Yeah. That is that is a heck of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Very. Hmm. Um. I mean, well, you don't. I don't know. Uh, the, the only point I guess, is, I guess it could be possible. Who knows? Well, and like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to make a discussion about the Illuminati. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that you know, so somebody was like, "Oh, I want this to look like right, this," right. and they no, put I got it you. in there. I got you. But interesting, but yeah, dude. Interesting. Everything that's in videos that you see is all it's all meant to be there. Very few times are things missed, and when they are, it's called continuity errors. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of insight into mm-hmm. what it takes to make media and what it's like to be a part of it. Yeah. I know we talk about it a lot here on the vlog or That's on the what we do. podcast. <laughs> we have so much content now, Adam, <laughs> that I get it all mixed up. Oh, we're going to have more. We're just more. swimming in content. My goodness. But oh, my. Uh, so um, you weren't with us the other day, Adam. Hmm. It was me and Justin here. Hmm. Um, it was yesterday, I believe. It yes. was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. I watched a movie and we talked about it. It was, it was a pretty good podcast. Mm-hmm. How was your day, though? The people missed you. 
My day, my day was good. Maybe not as productive as I wanted it to be, but I did vlog a lot. So that was, you know, that was fun. I'm hoping to get all that footage on my computer or on the editing software tonight so I can at least start editing it. Oh, um, nice. No clue how it's going to turn out. We'll no, see, though. No grand vision? I just, well, I mean, there's a, a vision oh, in humble. regards he's to... he's humble, folks. No, no. There's, <laughs> there's a vision in regards to, like, how I want, like, the structure of how I'm going to edit it. But as far as, like, what I actually filmed, like... Uh, flowing together well mm-hmm. is up in the air yet. You know, I think after I edit this one, I'll kind of figure out next time of like, oh, make sure I do this and do this. But this first one might be a little janky. Just full disclosure. Well, maybe but, your flow is that you don't have a flow. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe we'll find maybe out. you instead of being a river, maybe you are a lake, M- maybe. and you just spread your water out. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I just maybe, wrote it maybe. Right now. I mean, we'll see how it turns out. But what I did watch was I did end up seeing the new Joker trailer. Oh, dude, I watched that yesterday. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, I'm excited. Yes. How do you feel? Because you are truly beloved. You love the Joker. Yeah. So I I won't lie. I was not excited the first time I saw it. And... Mm. That Why? was what was it about the first impression that made you not super excited? So the first time I I think it was more so my own ex it wasn't necessarily a hype it was like my own expectation of what I was ex- like what I wanted from it and I didn't get from it. I uh-huh. I just I'm somebody who I just really want a really dark and gritty fucking DC universe with all the superheroes. I, I don't think DC's going to do it, bro. So, oh, I, want I don't them see to. them being dark and gritty. They would fucking do great at it, but I know, but I don't think they're willing to try uh, it. But anyway, so <laughs> after watching the Joker trailer more, I'm starting to like see the grittiness, this own uh-huh. director's version of grittiness kind of come out in it more, so I'm able to appreciate and get more excited for it. But when I first watched it too, I this was now this was 100% just assumptions i was making about it was it came off to me as like i don't know it's like i hope they don't make this a story about somebody just gets bullied a lot and it makes them become this fucking iconic character that is the joker right i well that's kind of the feeling i get from it that and that's what bothers it's me it's going to be it's a dude who is already on the edge uh-huh. and then got pushed over the edge by society. Well, and that fact right there is what made me actually even a little more excited for it because there is a comic book out there called The Killing Joke, uh-huh. which is about the Joker's backstory. Oh, interesting. And the whole theme behind there, his whole mantra he kind of spews throughout the entire thing is it just takes one bad day. Yeah. So and that's what he was. Tr- so like the whole comic is about him basically going to everybody that Batman knows and trying to put them through that one bad day to prove to Batman that that's all it takes. Oh, interesting. So, and and going back and watching the trailer, I get a sense that they're gonna. It feels like they're gonna kind of go off that a little bit. There was a little clip in there of Joaquin Phoenix, the actor, as like a comedian or in some kind of comedian scene, uh-huh. and like in the comic, The Killing Joke, the Joker was a failing comedian, uh, had a bad day, became so the Joker. I think that. I have a really weird feeling about it that I am overhyping it in my head and uh-huh. I'm going to be disappointed by it. Okay. So 
I feel like they painted this amazing character in the in the preview, mm-hmm. you know, of like a slow slip into insanity and almost yeah. trying to hold on but then losing it kind uh-huh. of thing. What I'm worried is that it's not going to go deep enough mm. with the time that they have. I have a feeling that everything you're going to see in the movie, literally they showed you in the trailer. Yeah. Like it's just not going to go any further than that. That's what I always, feel like it's going to yeah. be a lot of talking and the few scenes that are him kind of, mm-hmm. you know, going crazy are going to be interesting, but they're not going to be long and in-depth enough. And I feel like it's going to end up, it has a high potential for people to say, well, that was boring. So that's so that's it right there. It does have the potential for that. It also, I think, has the potential to be the other way. Oh, it could be amazing. I think one thing that's really going to determine that is when the movie is released in theaters, you can go onto you know, the internet and find out the runtime of the movie, right? Uh-huh. So if I find out that the runtime of this Joker movie is like an hour and a half, which is it's your n- typical it's movie, garbage. it's going to – I feel like it'll it be garbage. It almost needs to be – Two plus exactly. Two if all of a sudden I see like, oh, it's two hours and fifteen minutes, I'm like, okay, we're telling a story here. Cool, right? You know, um, yeah, I'm afraid it's just going to be a couple really mm-hmm. nice looking scenes of them pushing him over the edge, bullying yeah. him, and then a couple of epic scenes of him getting his makeup and making yeah. his face look the way it does. And then an end scene that sets up the next movie. So I'm just going to say this. what I'm predicting. So I'm just going to say this right here so that it's recorded because I already have a theory of how the movie's going to end. And usually I'm pretty good at this. Let's these. hear it. And it's not spoilers, folks. The movie's not out <clears throat> yeah, yet. Yeah, the movie's not this out yet. This is a prediction. Yet. So in a lot of depictions of Batman, Joker is the one that killed Batman's parents. Okay. Right, so when Bruce Wayne was younger, it was the Joker. Whether it was a pre-Joker or post-Joker, and it was they show his Joker. dad in this trailer for this upcoming. And movie. they do they show, show his Batman's trailer dad. in this movie. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of reiterations of Batman Two, where a, a gentleman named Joe Ki- Chill kills his parents, but there are some where the Joker is it. Okay. So, <clears throat> I have a theory that because we've seen Thomas Wayne in this trailer. And it looks like that the Joker and Thomas Wayne are going to be intertwined in some way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. I feel like the movie is going to end with uh, Thomas and uh, Martha Wayne leaving this opera with their son in an alleyway. And Arthur Curry, a.k.a. the Joker, is going to show up and kill both Thomas and Martha Wayne. And you I, think he's actually going to do the action of killing them in the first movie? Yeah. They won't like save I, the killing them for the second movie? No, I think that's going to be literally like how they end so the it's, movie. Okay. Is like that. So then would the next movie, could they still continue and make a Joker soul story? Or would it have to start to be Batman after that? Well, I guess it just depends on the time it takes place. So Bruce Wayne's parents were killed when I think he was like 11. Right. So, so he's not old enough and, to be Batman. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't become Batman until like his years. mid-20s or some shit like that. So he's got 10 years in between exactly. where the Joker's still a villain. So they very, may very well do another uh, like standalone Joker. But what I think might happen is I think maybe I won't get the dark, the really dark, gritty DC universe that I want. But I think I am going to get a gritty one because here's what's happening with DC right now. DC was coming out with all these movies. They had the Batman versus Superman, you know, then uh-huh. they have the Justice League and they've had Wonder Woman and Aquaman now. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, the they blew only... it out of the water with Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pun. But uh, they 
the like the only well received movie. Oh, there's a couple like the two best well received movies within that whole universe right now. Movie universe right now is been the first Superman movie, Man of Steel, uh-huh. and the Wonder Woman movie. Everything else has been poorly received. I think the do new they movie, do Batman? They they haven't done a soul Batman yet. They did Superman versus Batman. Did, they didn't do the Dark Knight though. They haven't. That's separate universe. Oh, so separate universe. Separate, separate movies. Oh, so I'm oh. talking about Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So okay, he's part okay. of this expanded movie universe. Okay. So and they they try to go about it in a way that felt a lot of people say it felt rushed. They did the Suicide Squad movie. A lot of people weren't that impressed with Joker's uh Joker, Jared Leto's Joker or the movie in general. So what's happening is the current DC universe is dying. Henry Cavill, the guy who played Superman in the movies has already dropped out says I'm not playing Superman anymore. Ben Affleck says I'm not playing Batman anymore and it was just announced that the guy who played Flash is like I'm not playing Flash anymore. So it's fun falling apart right so what i think they're going to do if and only if this movie does well and is received well is i think they're going to take a step back and i think they're going to relaunch the dc universe and this joker story is going to be the start of it it's going to be dc's iron man so here's my only issue with joker being Mm -hmm. their launch pad I agree that he's the best character that they have. Uh-huh. Okay. He is the most interesting, entertaining, the one that people love the most from yes. DC, for sure. Now, unfortunately for the company, they chose an actor along the way who played what a lot of people feel to be the best Joker ever. Mm-hmm. He was incredible at it. And then that actor passed away. Yes. And now cannot play that role anymore. Yes. And I feel that that... Heath Ledger set the bar so high mm-hmm. on the Joker and nailed it so hard that when I watched this trailer, I, f- I really got the vibe of Heath's Joker coming out. Like they wanted to get that character into this movie, mm-hmm. but show you that character's past. And I'm just very hesitant that this actor's going to be able to hit that bar that was already hit in the past. I think people expect Heath's Joker. That's interesting because I actually disagree with you. Really? I did, I didn't get Heath at all. Really, from watching the trailer, dude. Yeah. From how they set, from how they had his hair done, mm-hmm. all the way to how they did the makeup, where it wasn't perfect makeup. It looked right. very much like he did it himself. Mm-hmm. I got a super, um, I got a super Heath Ledger Joker. I vibe. mean, I will. I mean, there's definitely some similarities, but you you have to look at it more so of. Like how like you mentioned the makeup, for example, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you you can't really use the example of like, oh, it looks like he did his own makeup because you could just say that with anything of like, oh, it was the same girl who did the makeup for both of them, right? So, but you have to go off of like look. So I look at like Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger's Joker was somebody who just slapped it on for shits and giggles, right? Right. Whereas I think you have this actor who carefully you know, put everything on, carefully put the little triangles above his eyes, slicked his hair back with like Heath Ledger, for example, never really slicked his hair back. His hair was just long, you know, and you just got well, that green Well, but from in a it. lot of them, it was the, the curly slicked back long right. hair. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that in, a, in my opinion, a lot of the older renditions of Joker, uh-huh. he was a clown. He right. was very much a character. He didn't have a lot of man qualities, mm-hmm. human qualities to him. He was a clown. Uh-huh. Like a, like an evil clown almost. Yeah. 
Okay. In these Joker, in Heath's Joker, and the one that I'm seeing in this preview, mm-hmm. I felt that it was much more of a man mm-hmm. who dressed himself up. That was the um, the uniform that he wore. Right. But he's not so much of a fantasy character. He's actually a dude. Yes. I, I feel like this guy is a normal human who was pushed over mm-hmm. and that anyone could go through these steps and do what this guy's doing. Right. There's nothing like fantasy about these jokers. Right. Even in Heath Ledger's when he's going to blow the buildings up. And uh-huh. All of the props they use and how he does it and gathering the people and putting them on the boats and having them cross the mm-hmm. water and then walkie-talking said you got to yeah. blow up one of the other boats. It's all realistic to, yes. a, to an extent that it's not plausible, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That a person could do that. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is they made him look very human, like a I crazy person. So I what I think they might end up doing with this now, and this is only assuming that they launch this out into being a DC Universe type of thing, right? Right. And the reason why I agree with having Joker as the flagship then yeah. is because – so we already know obviously this is a, a pre-Joker – we know Thomas Wayne is involved, and I would argue that – I don't know if you remember, but there was just a small clip in the film of him, like, taking a kid with black hair, like a small kid, and making him do a smile. Do you remember that? And then his pinkies kind of flicked out of his face a little? No, no, not himself. He, like, oh, I was going to say, I thought that was himself. He went up to a young kid. Well, he there was that scene, too, but there was another scene where he went, went up, up to, to a, a kid. kid. and did it? I don't specifically remember, but I trust that okay. you saw it. So I believe that is Bruce Wayne. As a kid, somehow they have an interaction, right? So that's why I agree with them starting Joker as the flagship because what we want that we have not gotten with any Batman iteration movies yet is seeing the relationship between Batman and Joker. And if Joker is truly just a goofball, why won't Batman kill him? So I think we're going to see a building in this relationship. And I think the movie, if they're smart, will do a good job with blending the fantasy and the realistic. Because we've had both now. We want that blended together. And so what I think might happen is right now you just see this regular clown makeup, the green hair. You know, he obviously just puts it on himself. Well, the classic story in Batman is that Batman and Joker have a scuttle. And Joker ends up in this uh, Acme warehouse, ends up falling into this bat of like chemicals. Uh So what I think they might end up doing is he'll have this makeup on, he'll have this scuttle with Batman, Batman will throw him into this or he'll fall somehow into this chemical thing and the makeup he has on will almost get like plastered to his face and that'll be the joker that everybody knows and loves and that only is going to drive him more insane you know what's interesting to me Hmm. that i was thinking about as you're explaining all this huh is that the joker is probably the most popular villain yes in all the comic books Uh uh-huh so in all the other superhero stories that i can think of the a regular dude becomes a superhero Uh uh-huh and then that leads to supervillains then entering the story. Yes. The superhero comes first, which leads to that. Because in the beginning of like Spider-Man and all these guys, they're right. fighting regular dudes who are like robbing people on the street. Right, yeah. And then like Doc Ock comes around, right? And you get the supervillain or the uh-huh. goblin. So the hero comes first, then the villains. In Batman, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. The villain leads to a hero being born. Yes. The Joker comes first. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his thing for a while. He's established as a 
villain. Right. Much before Bruce Wayne starts to become um, Batman. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that really the superhero is not the most beloved one in this superhero story. Yes. It's almost a supervillain story. That's why – well, and that's why just the Batman – universe and the comics are so enjoyable is because every every hero every superhero has you know their villains but no villains are as iconic as the batman ones now think about this too think about all the like really mainstream popular superheroes right Mm -hmm. they're not only there's not only the batman fans that like batman and superman are two good examples right yeah if you don't like dc usually you'll like batman if you don't like marvel usually you like spider-man right right well what do both of those superheroes have in common they have iconic villains the green god they have villains that people know yeah and whereas like a good villain dude whereas like superman we know zod you know, we know Lex Luthor. Those are probably the two only ones that people really yeah, know if, of Superman. You're still kind of you know? nerdy if you know those. Exactly. But everyone knows Green Goblin, Doc Ock, the Rhino yes. guy. Yes. Everyone knows the Joker. Venom. The Joker is the most iconic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Character, absolutely. But yeah. the most iconic superhero stories are the ones that have the most iconic villains because secretly we all want the villains. Well, we want, yeah, we want to shoot for the underdog. We yeah. want them to win, mm-hmm. right? And what's cool with the Joker is that you enjoy watching him lose, uh-huh. even though you love him, because he loves to lose. Yeah, He gets, like, a kick. At, he's such a sadist. Yes. Like, the more you beat him up, he laughs and loves it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like watching the character who you want to win yeah. fail. Because even though he's losing, he's he's not failing. Right. He's getting exactly what he wants out of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more of a game to him than anything. He almost doesn't want to kill Batman because right. then he wouldn't have a game to play. Exactly. You know what well, I mean? Well, and I, th- I think the core <laughs> of the Joker's character is just 100% uncaring. That's just all it is. So it's like he, he just makes wants to these, see the world. Burn. Yeah. He, so he does make these plans. He does want them to succeed. But when they don't, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> see, and I don't – now, I'll really have to watch this new movie. I'm very interested because – I really want to see if I'm right about them trying to bring Heath's Joker back. Yeah. Because I just, for me, being a person who is not a, I'm not a comic book fan at all. Mm -hmm. I was going to say not a diehard comic fan. I've literally never actually read a comic book. Right. Never. Have no plan to do it. I'm not interested in that. But I do like superheroes. I think the stories are cool. So I think I, I represent the average consumer pretty well right. on this. Most people out there going to these movies never watched, never read the fucking comic books. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the diehards. Mm-hmm. And for me, as someone like that, very average, Heath's Joker was far and beyond the most entertaining thing to watch. Mm-hmm. That was the greatest one for me. Apart from if he follows the comics or not, I don't care about that. Right. He was fantastic to watch. Yeah. And I think he got some of the best ratings. Mm-hmm. And they're going to oh, try yeah. just because of that like you said, the DC universe is struggling, mm-hmm. so they're going to look back and see what worked. Let's try to shove all of those into a movie. See, but the but reason they don't have the same actor, right? But the reason why I disagree with that is because I feel like, and I think the producers understand this also, is that nobody wants <laughs> the 
nobody wants a repeat Joker. Everybody wants to see a new iteration of the Joker. I think that's what people really yeah. crave. Yeah. So it was when like Heath Ledger came out, for example, right? I remember when I found out that the that because the movie he did before that was Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So when I saw that Heath Ledger was playing the Joker, I was like, the gay cowboy is playing the Joker. And the first initial thought is nobody can top Jack Nicholson. Nobody can top Jack Nicholson. Well, that was that was the mm-hmm. the thought up until Heath did it. But then Heath Ledger did it, and you got a such a different rendition of it, it that was, like was one so who popular. Hadn't really been seen. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that that uh, trend continued. So when Jared Leto was announced as the Joker, my my first thought wasn't, "Oh, he's not going to do better than Heath Ledger." It was, "Ooh, what's his iteration of Joker going to be?" Yeah, you think no one tries <clears> to copy the last Joker? They they try to make it new each time. I think absolutely. I think that's why the the part is so popular to play. Now, at some point, if you're the company DC, Mm -hmm. I mean, you get good enough ratings on one of the Jokers. Don't you keep that character after a while? Wouldn't you want... Maybe that's why they struggle, because they make a different universe with every fucking movie. Well, I think that was... Well, they don't make a different universe with every movie, because this is the first time we've seen, like, a di- everything else has just been Batman movies with sequels, Superman movies with sequels. Right. This is the first time there's, like, okay, we're going to do an extended universe now. Right, And they right. just... There was obviously a style and feel that they were going for for the past movies that have come out. Mm-hmm. It, it just hasn't been received well. Maybe there are people who love them, but they, it just isn't what people want from the DC universe. Right. So what I think they're doing now is I think they are trying to relaunch that universe. And I think they're going to go about it in a very different way than anybody else has done it because they understand that's what they have to do now. So mm-hmm. I think they understand now like people don't want another Heath Ledger people certainly don't want Jared Leto and Jack Nicholson is so iconic we can't uh we can't copy that so they go okay we need something different and that's when finding the right actor comes along finding the right writer finding the right director person and I mean you know a lot more about about the industry and about the comic Mm -hmm. as well than I do so you probably have a much more correct opinion on this Mm -hmm. but i mean if you're dc right and heath didn't die Uh uh-huh you don't think he would have been the last two jokers also you don't think he would have played all three of them no absolutely not no No. they would have still gotten a different one even with that performance even with that sales because here's the thing you have to make you don't think he would have been in suicide squad no absolutely not wow really yeah absolutely not really well the the it just doesn't make sense i mean regardless if he was a good joker or not and if he was still alive they're they're going for something totally they were going for something totally different in Suicide Squad. Right. You know, they they wouldn't have put that Joker in that world. That's the thing. It's two different worlds. So and it wouldn't make sense to have crossover because it's gonna take people out of the film. Now, if they kept making now if Christopher Nolan uh kept making Batman films with Heath Ledger still being alive, like I said, his plan was to do six, right. Heath Ledger would of course been the Joker in every single sequel that came out. But you don't think he would have been the Joker, period. No, absolutely not. And the same thing with so like... maybe that's DC's issue, bro. Yeah. Because as you're explaining that to me, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as an average consumer who is not 
into comics, right? I don't really super enjoy that. I want to get to know a character and then follow that character through multiple stories. Well, I don't want to have to learn a new Joker every time. Well, and that's why people love the Marvel Universe, right? It's always the same. Well, mm, it's usually the yeah. same thing each time. You well, know what I mean? And that's why people that and that's what all that's all that DC fans want from Warner Brothers who's making the DC universe. So if this Joker does well and Joaquin Phoenix does well, then he's going to be probably playing Joker through all of those movies from but that only universe. That but story. only that story. Yes. It wouldn't make sense. It would be like putting it would be like just... taking this story and then putting Jared Leto in there. And comic you know? books are such a such a dynamic thing that you can do stuff like that and the following doesn't get mad. So we actually had a whole podcast one time yeah. about don't change original stories. Yes. Keep the story the same. We hate it when you change it, right? Uh-huh. And it was about changing characters and how the characters are represented. Right. But I'm kind of getting the same feeling on having so many different renditions of the same character, uh-huh. having so many different stories involving Joker. It's confusing. It's, I don't know. I don't see the enjoyment in it. I would rather have four continuous movies in the same story with the same characters that well, I can that I can get more detail on. But that's the beauty with comic books and movies are just the new comic books. You can go and read the old school Batman comics from the 40s. And, you know, enjoy the the goofiness of those. And people don't get mad. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's an artist like Frank Miller that releases his own version of Batman. And it's just it was just a few comics. It was one story, but it was his version of it. And And people love it. But the thing is, I didn't want the Joker from the 40s Batman comics in Frank Miller's dark, gritty Batman comics. I wanted to see Frank Miller's iteration of it. And it's the same thing with this. I wanted to see Heath Ledger's iteration in Christopher Nolan's Batman, but in this Tom Miller Joker, I don't want to see Heath Ledger and Tom Miller's Joker. I want to see Tom Miller's Joker. Interesting, and I think a lot of the fans agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the it's one of the few um, spectrums of entertainment where you can be so creative and change things up, and yeah. the viewers don't get mad; they get excited. Well, and that's why the Joker you know? love. That's why the Joker is such a beloved character, not only for just the comic aspect, <laughs> for but different people playing him because people get anxious of how's this person going to play it. It's exactly why I said I think we need a different way of somebody playing Batman because we've had the same iteration of Batman every so, time. Like, here's an example. My favorite superhero <clears throat> is Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Okay, and they made three different Spider-Man worlds. If you write yes. the story yes. of Spider-Man, yes. the universe of Spider-Man. Well, one of them isn't even, but it's pretty much the story of Spider-Man, and it's in three different worlds. Yes, and they got three different actors to do it uh-huh. in three different ways. I fucking hated that. Okay, I hated it. The only one that I actually enjoyed was the last one, and it was because it was closer to the original story that I knew. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to see a dark, depressed Peter Parker like an emo right. Peter Parker. I don't give a shit about that because mm-hmm. he was never that before. Right. I don't want to see a Peter Parker who's so unsure of himself that when he becomes Spider-Man, he's not witty and kind of a dick. Right. You know? Oh, you need to see the Sp- new one. I think that's it's right saying, up your alley. Is, yeah. So why is it, do you think, that there's instances like the Joker mm-hmm. where people love to see different iterations of him 
And then there's instances like Spider-Man mm-hmm. where it does not do well and it doesn't get good reviews when they change the character up. Well, because it's how the characters changed up. So what's really cool about the Joker and why actors, I think, love playing that character is because it's basically free reign, right? Pretty much. Now, There's not a lot of walls. Yeah, I mean, l- let's look at serial killers for an example, right? So you have Ted Bundy and John mm-hmm. Wayne Gacy, both serial killers, both very iconic serial killers, both very different people, right. but they're both serial killers. So it's the same thing with the Joker. The Joker, there's there's this umbrella that says the Joker is crazy, he's sadistic, and he likes to laugh a lot. Right. Now, everything under that umbrella is yours. Okay. So do that. Whereas Spider-Man has much more boundaries. So for example, Heath Ledger's Joker, there's been there's been a couple of theories that have been confirmed about Heath Ledger's backstory for his particular Joker. Uh-huh. And that backstory is that he used to be like a special forces soldier, extremely intelligent. So what he's going through and what you're seeing and the reason why he's such an anarchist is because he went through some shit that was super fucking traumatizing and this is basically a major case of PTSD that this person is going through. But that's why he's able to do things like rig up bombs and like create these intricate scenarios for because that was what he did before. So that's his thing. So now you have Jared Leto's Joker, which we haven't gotten a lot of Jared Leto, so it's hard to like confirm or deny anything. But basically he was this gangster that was fighting with Batman did fall into the vat of chemicals and just became this this uh, kingpin gangster yeah, that yeah. just now has this clown thing going on and is crazy now because of these chemicals. There's his backstory. So now Jack Nicholson was a gangster, fell into a vat of chemicals, became that. So now you have this new d- Joker, which is basically this guy's just kind of, maybe maybe a super a, socially awkward Maybe guy. socially awkward, not so much on the uptake, a bit of a goofball. So now what happens when somebody a crazy like that? becomes the Joker. Now, and I don't know if you noticed in the trailer, but it was something I went back and paused. There's a little clip in the trailer when Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is like doodling on a pad of paper and around one of the O's, he makes like a smiley face. So I paused because I was curious, what does this notepad said? And it was him writing down the worst thing, uh, uh, the worst thing about having a mental illness is everybody expects you to act like you don't. So now we're kind of getting a little bit. um, He has an actual mental illness that is making. He's like a schizophrenic joker. So that's the cool thing about the umbrella of crazy is that there's a lot of different crazy. Different interpretations. Maybe somebody wants to play the Joker or somebody with extreme OCD. Maybe there's another actor who will play the Joker or somebody with schizophrenia. Maybe there. So there's a lot of different things you can do with that role, and everybody wants to see every iteration of it. It's like a drug. People want to see somebody top be the best Joker, and then somebody wants to see somebody top that person. Well, for me personally, good luck <laughs> topping Heath. He was my favorite. He was, and you know, he was my favorite was my too. Babes. But I think it's also important to like you know, make, put them in their own genre. It's like, like Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger, for example, it's like, I don't even put them next to each other because they played such different iterations of that character. 
to yeah. where essentially it was a different character. So it's hard for me to say Heath Ledger's Joker was better than Jack Nicholson's because th they were two different characters. If Jack Nicholson was trying to play the Joker like Heath Ledger did and Heath Ledger just did it better, well, that would be one thing. But, but we'll never know because characters. they change the fucking character every time. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's and it's so funny. It's like the curse of that role because that's never the it's never one of the filmmakers thoughts. So like Jack Nicholson, for example, didn't even want to play the role. Uh -huh. So he was kind of coerced into it. And his constituency was, if I play the role, you have to kill me off the first movie. He's like, like I don't want to do this again. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Heath Ledger. Only reason why we didn't get it was because he died, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Jared Leto. That was even Jared Leto's thing. Jared Leto even said in an interview, he goes, uh, they were like, yeah, you weren't in this movie once. And Jared Leto goes, I know. We shot so much footage and I'm in like 10 minutes of it, you know? So because of that, we didn't even get a chance to like Jared Leto's Joker. Right. So hopefully we'll get Joaquin Phoenix for more than just a movie. Hopefully. You know, it's like, it's it's never, it's never because people want these actors to stop. This shit happens where we don't get enough of them. Well, they, DC catches a lot of unlucky breaks then. Uh, they do, but a lot of it's their fault too. The way they decided to go about the DC Universe movies was just garbage. I mean, you don't see Marvel having any issues. Well, they are raking it. So who owns DC? Warner Brothers. Uh, so and I'm Disney owns Marvel. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah. How is Disney whooping Warner Brothers so well, badly? Here's the fucking problem. Why did Marvel? Why are the Marvel Universe movies doing so fucking well? Well, they're cooler superheroes, first of all. Well, mm, okay, we'll visit in that opinion. in a second. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, but they they went to each and I and I'm not even a Their fan of have powers. Wow. <gasps> oh, DC people have powers too, just not Batman. But. Uh, <laughs> But anyways, so, and I don't even like Marvel, but Marvel was fantastic about the way they went about the movies. Yeah. They started with Iron Man. There wasn't anybody else. It was Iron Man. He got a first movie, got a second movie. Then they're like, all right, now we're going to make this Marvel superhero movie. And now this one. So everybody got their own separate movie and they're like, ooh, guess what we're going to do in this next movie? We're going to, we're going to make them, we're make them, we're going to put them together this time, guys. This time. And now all of a sudden you're starting to get this universe that's created. But you and see, these characters are intermingling. When they did Iron Man and the first two movies, mm -hmm. they didn't change the actor and how Iron Man, what? They kept the same story. Well, yeah, because it was. And they the, gave you more information on Iron Man. Because it was the same universe. They did the same thing for DC. DC just just failed at it. Well, they should have tried harder. So, well, and I agree with you because here's because here's what DC failed at, right? So they did the Man of Steel movie, the standalone Superman movie, which was great. Yeah. I, I it was a phenomenal iteration of Superman, I felt. And then they came out with uh I think was the next yeah the next movie after that was Batman versus Superman right so that was their announcement basically of like we're creating a universe here we're doing what Marvel did and we're creating a DC universe which everybody was cool with because all the DC fans wanted that they yeah. wanted DC to have what Marvel had absolutely here was where they fucking fucked it up uh oh so <laughs> when Batman versus Superman released and was created, there was another movie that released that same year. It was Captain America Civil War, Ooh. where it was two two sets of the Avengers coming together and playing fisticuffs with each other, right? Uh -huh. So all of a sudden it looked like DC was like, oh, well, since Civil War's coming out, we, we need to do a Batman versus Superman. We need to do that. 
So, oh, but here's the thing. You're, you're competing saying. with somebody who at that point had eight years worth of fucking movies, worth of setup to do Civil War. You're choosing You're choosing to do Batman versus Superman when only person we've had introduction to is Superman. And then you give us 10 minutes introduction to what this iteration of Batman's going to be. It wouldn't have mattered, Adam, because even if they did a Batman movie first, uh-huh. they wouldn't have had Christian Bale come back for Batman versus Superman. Well, they I would have made him a different fucking actor and a different character that well, we can't follow and fall in love with. Well, no, they wouldn't have done I don't, I don't know why you keep going back to that. It's a separate, I hate uni- them for it's it. a separate universe. I just, I think it's but... ridiculous. Keep the same fucking actors and the same story. No, it's like... I just want to see uh, more of the story. Well, I, I disagree. I, I want part one six times. Right. I want part one through six. Well, and I, well, right. That, that's all <laughs> I'm saying. That's all I want for the DC universe. Me too. Come on, I just DC. want to follow it. Get it together, guys. And now what's happening is all their fucking movies are falling apart and their actors are like, all right, well, I'm jumping off of this sinking ship. <laughs> well, look, the only saving grace here, the silver lining, uh-huh. is that clearly it seems that they are trying to revamp it. Yes. It seems that they're trying to start with the Joker. Hopefully. And if they were going to do it, this is a great opportunity because they, they're they taking us back to the very beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. It w- This is a perfect opportunity for them to restart. Yes. Say, forget about the past. We're in this world now. We're going to introduce you to the Joker. We're going to give you a little more. We're going to introduce you to Batman, give you a little more, and then we'll move on to the next superhero. Yes. And we'll do that three times. And then we might have them two fight each other, but what Mm -hmm. they should really do is introduce three or four. Yes. And then have the three or four meet up. Yes, exactly. That's what they should. That's that's what I think. If it was going to happen, Mm -hmm. this is how it would start with this this Joker movie. Yes. And so now what I think they're doing, because they're not advertising it as, you know, this grand release for a new universe. Right. I think they're literally just going to say, okay, we're going to see how this does. Which is smart. Well, then we'll do that. Don't put your eggs in the basket until you know we like it. Especially after fucking up the first time. So I agree, and you know I have hope. Warner Brothers has, has done us good up until now. Yeah, so, I have hope. They've put out good stuff before. They're, I mean, they're responsible for the. Well, I was gonna say they're responsible for the Harry Potter movies, but I have issues with those too. But just don't fuck this up, Warner Brothers. Okay, just get I it just, together. Just get it together. Thank you. All right, well. <sighs> well, I think we've yelled and ranted enough about <laughs> yeah, superheroes we're, and we're whatnot. Yeah, we're, we're You know, we got eight minutes, but this is a good place to leave it, I think, for today. Uh, we could just advertise for eight minutes. We could. So, guys, we have a Patreon. Uh, <laughs> www.patreon.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. Uh, another note also is, as we said at the beginning, Matthew's vlog was currently uploading to YouTube. Yeah, it might be out by now. Who which knows? means by the time, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's up by now. So, after this, go back and look at his episode one and watch the prologue, too, if you haven't cool seen that. cool if we that. go check after this in six minutes from now and there's like a thousand views on it. Ooh, I'd be like, get your ass out there and film another one. If (laughs) if I go out there right now and there's a thousand views on my blog, I will come back and do another podcast immediately. I promise it to you. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. We'll see what happens. Don't get too invested in it because it's not going to (laughs) happen. But if it does... You'll hear me here. You'll hear it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Just a quick update for those who made it through this far. Um, We did mention during the update that we will, our podcast will be on Google play and iTunes. Uh, Most of them are up on Google play. There's a bit of a lag. So I think the last like four episodes aren't up there, but they will be up there. Um, iTunes is coming. We've submitted. We're just waiting to hear back from iTunes. 
We're just waiting to hear back from iTunes uh, to make sure that our podcasts are accepted on there. But when that does happen, we'll make an official like video announcement for you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening. And Matthew, any final thoughts? I can't wait to see the new Joker movie. Me neither, man. I'm still thinking about it. I think I'm probably going to go watch the trailer again. I think it's October 4th, brah. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.